so glad we're back. We've taken a break for a while, but we're back. And today I'm sitting down with Claire Huang. Claire is on staff at TIC and she heads up the Welcome Ministry and also helps out with administration in the office. And today we're going to be talking about Kenya. Uh, But Claire, welcome to the podcast. So glad you're here. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Uh, You know, you've been on staff for about seven months now, maybe some people in the church who don't know you that well. And so could you start out by just telling us a little bit about yourself and where you grew up, uh, where you went to school and how you ended up at TIC? Sure. Um, So for me, the first 16 years of my life, um, I was here in Taiwan with my parents and my sister. And uh, when I turned 16, I moved to the States for a study and I was there for about eight years. And I did not grow up in a Christian family, um, nor did I have any Christian community. Um, but I found God when I was in the States. How did I ended up here in our church? Um, so once I moved back, um, I just been longing to look for a spiritual home here in Taiwan. And that was one of the things that I was really concerned about when I first came back. And I still remember, like, I was back, it was in February, and I immediately find Taipei International Church that's only, like, six minutes away from my house, and just decided to join, and I love the service, and I love the people here. You you were hanging around for a bit, and then I just asked you to come on staff. Yeah. And what what were you thinking (laughs) And I was like, hey, would you want to come on staff? I think for me, I was a bit in shock at first because I don't know why would you ask me. Um, And after awards, I just felt like it is something that I need to do. I prayed about it and it wasn't an irrational decision at all, but I just, yeah, sure. And I just sent in my resume to Pastor Peter. And so you started out with a, a three-month internship, and then that turned into a full-time job. And, yeah. Uh, but you didn't go to school for it. You didn't <laughs> study how to, how to do administration in the church or how to do welcome ministry. So it's a little bit of a turn from perhaps what you were expecting when you came back to Taiwan. Definitely a turn. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's been a good turn. And, you know, God sometimes directs us like that. But one of the ways that he directed you was to go to Kenya recently in January. And that's what we're going to be talking about most Mm -hmm. of the time today. And so why did you want to go to Kenya? Well, uh, let me bring it a little bit back in time. I will say like about nine years ago now. I was still in in America, let's say that. And I think the, the first two years I was there. I just felt I was attending church um, because my relatives had brought me to church at that time. I just felt such a longing and desire that God has given me to do mission. And I have no idea what mission is entail. And I almost kind of have a misunderstanding of what missionary could be like. And after a while, and also like after I came back to Taiwan, um, get plugged in in TIC, I get to meet a lot of missionary um, on the ground and see what they're doing and hear the stories, how they 
share the gospel with the people here in Taiwan or even in Papua New Guinea,、um, where it was in the previous interview that we had with、uh, Derek and Chantal Chen, and that just really inspired me, and I think that really just. Give me more understanding of what mission is, and so when Pastor Peter just, it was randomly、uh, for me to think like one afternoon he just asked, "Would you like to come to Kenya?"、Um, and I just said, "Yes, definitely!" Like without a doubt, I I just answered that. But I really think that was something God put in my heart for a long time, and when asked. I just respond. Well, you you had this background where you felt like God was calling you into missions. You learned more about it,、mm-hmm. and then the opportunity presented itself, and you just said yes. Was there anything that you were nervous about? Yeah, I can still remember. I would say about two weeks before,、um, two Sundays before, we're about to go to Kenya. I was just terrified, and I felt like. I'm a sinner, and I don't really know what I'm doing, and I just felt I don't qualify.、Um, I have no training whatsoever. Not that like no training, and we actually have like quite of a、uh, intensive training、uh, before we go on into mission, like about four, like five, five or, or six sessions. Five or six sessions. But like each training we go through, I don't know. Maybe it's because the time was approaching, and I just felt there was a definitely a spiritual warfare inside of me, attacked by. So you were you were afraid. You're having all these thoughts. Yeah. I'm not qualified. I'm not enough. I'm a sinner.、Mm-hmm. I don't know enough. Yeah. And so that hit you about two weeks before you left. Yeah. We left, and、uh, how did you deal with that? I mean, I just brought it up to Peter in our、oh, one、yeah. of our training, right? That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> what What did you say to me? I think I just. What did I say? I think I said that. Did you say I I feel like I'm not ready? Oh yes, yeah. That and, that was what I and said. And my response was, "You're not." <laughs> and I was shocked. I was like, "Oh." Okay. <laughs> It wasn't the comfort you were looking for, and I remember I I said you're not ready, and、mm. the truth is none of us are ready, and none of us, I think, deserve to be on mission. But God sends us, yes. and we're not going in our own power, our own strength, our own knowledge. We want to go in the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's in our weakness that God displays His strength.、Amen. Um, yes. So did that comfort you, or did it?、Uh, did it just? Oh no! I think it definitely comforted me, but also gave me more clear picture of,、um, you know, what that there's no fear.、Um, we don't, and yeah, like we will never be ready,、um, but God prepared us for it, and that even if we felt like we're not ready. God lays the ground for us already. We're only there to do His work, and it's not up to us to decide what's gonna happen. Because whether or not we're there,、uh, whether or not、uh, we think we're capable of, but it's God to do the work. Right. Yeah. It wasn't like Moses was ready to cross the Red Sea. <laughs> like he didn't. He didn't go to training. How do you lead people across the Red Sea? 
Um, so confidence, he, he helped you work through that. And there are probably some other people who would say, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't mm. know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I'm of training. And I, I would say the same thing. You're not, but you don't need to be because God is good enough. Yes. And Jesus is good enough. And uh, I really think the qualification to go on mission is, is simply saying yes to Jesus in all things. And if my heart is saying yes right now, um, that God can use you. Yeah. And so if we, if we love sin, if we're embracing sin, uh, God's going to deal with that sin. But even if we're sinning and yet we're repenting and seeking him, he uses us because nobody's perfect. Yeah. But you made it to Kenya. <laughs> we arrived. And yeah. um, what were your first impressions? What's your first, the first memory, the first thing that stood out to you? The first thing. Just the love from the people. Like the hospitalities that was presented for each church that we visited. Um, There's always a meal prepared for us. And, and what other things that really stood out was that like the the heart, the longing um, for God that every time when we're at a church finishing up by the worship and also like some uh, message afterwards, we get to pray for people we stood in front and we get to pray for them. Like every time you wouldn't see that there's no one in front of you. Every time that there's someone lining up and really just eager for prayer like, it could be the smallest thing for us, but it's, like, the biggest thing in their heart. Yeah, what we did see over and over again, everywhere we went, people were hungry. They wanted to be prayed for. Mm. And so, um, before you went on this trip, did you pray for people much? I'll say I sort of did, um, but I think the way I approach it was clear. Like, the idea of praying for people. I, I do pray for people, but I think that's one of the ways that perhaps they all felt comfort in their heart. But I wasn't necessarily asking for the Holy Spirit to guide me or, like, a discernment from God what I should pray for for this person. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, if, if you think about all the people you prayed for, what, who's someone that stands out in your memory? I think in some of the testimony people have shared, probably mentioned this guy. Um, there's a, a young man, a crippled young man, that he just learned afterwards is that it was his first time ever um, in the church, that he had never gone to church in, in his entire life. But he heard that um, we were coming, that there was a group of missionary coming into the town, and he just thought, yeah, that could be my chance. I, I guess I didn't get to talk to him in that part. And he just came and he stood there. He asked for a prayer. And it was a long hour of prayer. And even the next day, because it would really go into late at night, maybe like 12. So that night, we really just have to go. But we also tell him that, you know, we're going to come back around the area and if you could, I um, would like you to come and to get prayed for again. And the next, um, the day after that, we were there. And what I heard uh, from our interpreter is that he came um, 
from a long distance. Uh, even though it's within the area, but I think walking distance wise, and also with his leg, um, it's limpy and crippled. It's a bit difficult for him to you know navigate all those terrains and all that. But his heart, the eager for God, you know, to ask for a prayer, that his faith, um, it's like the story that we hear in Mark, I think chapter five, that the woman, um. The woman with the um, issue of like blood, the blood disease or like the yeah 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 and you know even the faith to even touch the garment of like Jesus's garment I think that's the heart that I see in him that that man, um, like he came like earlier than we arrived and he stood like he stayed. For the entire service that we, because we're worshiping,、uh, we have a message, and he waited for us that because there was a service going on, we couldn't just stop for to pray for him. But afterwards, we just get to pray for him again, and that also we get to share like what gospel is to him, so that he truly understood who is this person or not person, who is this God. That it's um in our heart and why we're worshiping to him, why we believe in him, and how that he's get healed not by our power but by the God, um you know Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit all together to heal him like from the inside and um to the um the leg and the limbs as well and. That heart, that eager for God,、um, really just touched my heart, and really let me reflect on my personal walk with God as well. That if I could just have like even just maybe twenty percent of His heart, like longing for what God could done in His life, that would be amazing. But yeah. Yeah, his name was Joshua, right? Yes. So Joshua came, and we actually found out that he, well, we could clearly see he had difficulty walking.、Mm-hmm. And we found out that when he walked up a hill, he actually had to crawl. Yeah. He was unable to walk up hills. He had、mm. to crawl up hills, and so he came forward for prayer.、Mm. And、uh, there are a number of things that happened as we prayed for him.、Mm. Um, but one of the results was. Uh, I think, as you mentioned, he came to Christ. Yes. And he was able to walk、uh, straighter. Straighter, and so it wasn't totally normal. But the next day, we found out he could walk up hills without crawling,、mm. which was amazing. Yes. And、um, he actually had to walk down hills to get to us and up a hill,、um, the journey to get to the church we were at the next night. And so, yeah, he. I think he stood out from most of the people on the trip、mm. because the change that occurred in him was so dramatic, yes, and so tangible.、Mm-hmm. And there was this incredible hunger. He hung around, I think, till about was it like twelve or one a.m.、Yeah. with us, just so hungry for the Lord. So I I look forward to catching up with him again. Yes.、Um, One of the people that I mentioned in my sermon last week was a woman named Elizabeth,、mm. and what are 
your memories of our first encounter with Elizabeth? So, to be fair, I've never anticipated during this trip that we'll encounter a woman that's being demon-possessed. Um, and my, I can still remember our first encounter is that we were at the Tulia Marketplace, and after we prayed for a um, vendor, a, and then we, we were just called, like, oh, we're praying for this woman that she is obviously... Um, demon possessed and yeah like so Pastor Peter gather all the team if you know after everyone finished praying for the people that they're praying for and I can just I wouldn't say fear um, but I would say I was a bit in shock uh-huh. uh, first hand seeing someone and even crazier is that he she was speaking uh, in English which she probably shouldn't know how to speak it, but the evil spirit was speaking through her and trying to intimidate and trying to scare us away. Um, but, you know, none of us were back down. We were just there and really just praying for her um, no matter whatever it takes. And also, like, what I heard afterwards is that she actually came up and asked for a prayer. Um, and Yeah, she, uh, she came up to a couple of our team members and said she liked prayer, and I got called over. And we started praying for her, and suddenly uh, she was convulsing and shaking on the ground, and a large crowd gathered around us mm. as... Uh, we're trying to cast these demons out of her. Mm. And so it was, it, you know, I don't, it wasn't fear, but I think there was a, a huge measure of discomfort yeah. and uncertainty yeah. and clinging to Jesus. Yes. And, and, <laughs> you know, then we had to take a break because uh, part of the team had to go off. And yeah. so, and uh, we are not the next day, but two days later, and yeah. we ministered to her for quite a long time. Mm. And then uh, at one point, uh, she just ran away from us and said, uh, she was still in the area, but she said, don't come near me. I don't mm. want to be prayed for. Um, the demons were talking to her yeah. and, and telling her to leave. And mm-hmm. she said, they're telling me to leave. They want me to just go, not in the van, just, just walk. Uh, but eventually we were able to bring her home or to a, a hotel for the night mm. uh, because it was so late. And, but it was clear to us when we left her that she was not fully free. No, she wasn't. And so what, how did you feel in that moment? What were you thinking? Here we had prayed for this woman for hours and hours on multiple days and she's not free. Really? I really just want to, for me personally, I really just want her um, to know how much God loves her, you know, like, I I wish that if she could just be free that night, like, when we're praying for her, but um, 
for me personally, I also understand that sometimes, yeah, it takes place, but it, sometimes it's not immediate. Sometimes it's like the next day, or sometimes it could be however long it takes. But I, I, I also know that I was going to continue to pray for her in my heart, and also like, I, I know that other people in our team was still praying for her even though she was not with us. I was frustrated. <laughs> I was so frustrated and uh, so disappointed. And, uh, you know, and I think I just felt so much love for this woman who was so obviously uh, captured by the enemy and in bondage and not who she truly was. Yeah. You know, it, it so much reminded me of the story of Jesus driving the legion of the demons mm. out of the man because the man, the result of the demons was the man was violent, he was isolated, he was in torment, yeah. and he was living by himself. And this, what we knew about Elizabeth was um, she could be violent. Mm. Um, I was told by a local pastor that um, a group went to pray for her and they got beaten. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she chased them off and that um, she certainly was intimidating and very loud and, mm. and moving around the market. And so she couldn't have normal relationships. Mm. We actually, we bought her a pair of shoes mm. and someone in the market, in the shopping area, bought the shoes from her for about uh, 25 NT. And so, mm. you know, we, we bought these shoes and then someone just took advantage of her oh. and, and bought the shoe, you know, gave her uh, 30 NT for a pair of shoes that we had just purchased her the day before. Oh, wow. And so, you know, I mean, that's where she's at mentally, where someone could take that type of, you know, just take advantage of her. Um, and so I seen that just knowing this is not who God made her to be. Mm. God wants her to be free. God doesn't want to hear her to hear these voices. Amen. One of the things she said to us is that demons would wake her up at, at uh, 1 a.m. and say, get up, it's time to work. Mm. And then they would just drive her out of her home, out of wherever she was sleeping, mm. and she'd wander. Mm. Um, and that's not what God had for her. No. And so here we were praying for her in faith, and we didn't see it come and so when I went back, I was so frustrated mm. and continued praying. And I know other team members were praying. Mm. Uh, some shared they were praying every day for her. And we were just expecting and hoping that either God would bring someone else to minister to her or bring us back there, but someday she would be free. Yes. Well, this last week, <laughs> Friday, I think, it, Thursday or Friday, I find out uh, from a pastor in Kenya that she uh, led two songs of worship and gave her testimony at the church. Amen. And last night I had a long conversation uh, with our interpreter who is with us and he, he related the story to me that she, when she woke up the next day, her mind was clear. Next day we prayed for the, her. The day after we prayed for her, mm. the day that we went home so discouraged and disappointed, mm. she woke up with a clear mind. And she went home, and before she had such a bad relationship with her father, but she reconciled with him. So she was crying, he's crying. Praise the Lord. They bring the mom in, the mom is amazed. Mm. And 
uh, the pastor who hosted us met her on the road and saw her talking on a phone with a mm. child. And she, he was shocked because he said, what? Can she talk on a phone? Can she <laughs> be with a child and engage her in conversation? And mm. she said, when are the missionaries coming back? Um, and he said, why do you want to know? And then she just related the story mm. of how we prayed for her. Mm. And she didn't remember everything that had happened. And she said, I felt like I was fighting someone. Mm. But I woke up the next morning and my mind was clear. Amen. And so she said, progressively, each day, she's been getting better and better. And so our friend Mula, who I spoke with, said that she, you know, they think she's about 90%. But she's normal. Yeah. And when we met her, she was insane. Mm. And... Uh, what, I, you know, I, I was overcome with joy when I heard, yes. what about you when, when, you've, when you heard this, when you found out, what thoughts went through your mind? I think for me, um, I was really amazed, but at the same time that I knew God will change her. I just did not know it will be so quick and instant. Sometimes for us, we, we will think, oh, maybe it'll just take longer. We don't know how long this is going to take for God to heal us, but it could be instant. It could be the next day, but all we need to have is to have the faith and continue to pray to God earnestly and um, whatever that could be. But I was, so, I was also like really joyful just to know that um, now she knows uh, who God is and now that she's longing for God and even um, the impact that she would have in that area because everyone in that area knows that this woman is crazy, was insane. But now she's a living testimony for that entire area and the life that she had before and the life that she has now is totally changed radically changed yeah and uh, i can't wait um i'm i'm taking some vacation to go back in Mm. april and i'm gonna gonna find her and get her story on video yeah um i think you know one of the big things for me is if god can heal her yes he can heal anyone right like there is no one whose heart is so broken no one whose mind is mm. so distressed mm. who cannot be healed. Mm. And uh, because I've never encountered someone. Um, I, I mean, there are other people in the village like her. Right. But maybe never, maybe I should say, I, I've just not been with someone for any length of time like her. Mm. And, and yet God healed her. Amen. And, uh, oh man, even if all of us went to Kenya just for her and that was the only thing we accomplished, well worth it. Yes. Well worth this one life that was transformed. Mm. And, um, well, what, we're, we're running out of time, <laughs> but is there one other story that you want to share? Is there anything else that you can remember that? I think one uh, one other incident that really stood out to me was that uh, we were at a church called Kazawa. 
Zawa. Zawa Church. Um, that's Pastor James, uh, that who was friends with Pastor Peter for a long time. Um, his church and um, there was team like I think three of us like me, um, Eleona and Priscilla, uh, were praying for this old lady and uh, she had trouble working. Uh, walking. Uh, obviously, uh, when she walked up to us, I just we just asked her, you know, like could you sit down first because we. We're still like praying for people, and we can see that she's obviously have trouble, and we don't want her to like stress on the legs. And afterwards, we get to pray for her. The first time, or the first couple times that we prayed for her, um, it gradually um healed her. Um, but then uh, one of us uh, get to pray for her that she would just like her face light up. Because she, when she was testing it out, her legs, and she's like, there's no pain. Like, literally no pain. And I can just see the smile on her face. And that um, afterwards, um, we asked her to, like, walk um, in the aisle uh, of that church. And she was like, I'm fine. I don't need my uh, walking stick anymore. And, you know, really that memory in my head is, like, really vivid. And also at the same time that, yeah, there was another old man that was have trouble walking because he couldn't feel his leg. And also that he has really bad hearing, like almost you really have to yell at him. And he got healed for his ears and he got healed. He can feel his leg again so he can walk normally. And he literally just ran out and even forgot his walking stick. I think he was like so amazed and with excitement that perhaps you want to go home to the family or something but yeah that was definitely something that stuck out yeah the, those were amazing amazing stories and I think we had we had a few people at least three or at least three that we encountered with a walking stick yes uh, relying on it heavily, mm. and then we prayed for them, and and they didn't, they walked away holding it mm. um, horizontally. <laughs> so, well, I think that's that's a good story to end on. What what would you say to someone who hears these stories and is thinking, oh man, I'd like to go, but I don't know. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier. Um, I was afraid, I was terrified, and I feel like I don't worth to be working for the Lord. Um, But really throughout the trip, even before the trip, um, God just has shown me um, that he can work through all things. But all you need to do is lay out your hands and really just lay out your heart and knowing, like surrender to him and knowing that he will use you if he called you and you felt the if you felt that he's he touched your heart um for this call to go to Kenya um go on mission and um really just don't be afraid and take a step of faith um because the amount of joy the amount of love the amount of um like the things that he will change in your life and um, the increase of faith and even strengthen that relationship um, with the Lord uh, would 
take in this trip and yeah I just want to encourage you um, if right now you're still not sure um, I will say pray to God earnestly and see uh, what he wants you to do um, regardless you have financial concern regardless time work whatever that could be God will answer your prayer if that's um, his plan for you and if that's the desire in your heart to walk with the Lord. You know, what, one last question is, how has this trip impacted you? I mean, we've only been back for about three weeks or so, but how has it impacted you? Um, I guess something that's like more relatable to the current situation in Taiwan or like globally in China right now, it's like the virus. And I could still remember clearly um, like that Sunday morning on January 26th. Uh, my mom was like concerned and like, why are you still going to church? Um, like, aren't you not worried about a virus? Or is it actually February 2nd? Um, I was on my way um, actually to some of the young adults and we are doing a live stream uh, sermon watch together. And for me, I just told her, um, I would just go because, like, we as Christians, we don't just, I mean, it's not fear dictates us, right? Even though I could, might have a little bit of fear or, like, concern just because my mom, her immune system is not the best, but... I do believe that God will protect us no matter what and that his plan for us. And um, we sort of was in a, a little bit of disagreement uh, when I was leaving the house for church. But then the night when I came back, she herself just told me, like my mom just told me, yeah, because you Christian have God is protecting you guys, so you're not afraid to go out, huh? And for me, um, I will say that, you know, like, fear is the, um, I will say for me, what, coming back from this trip, is that knowing the fact that nothing will stop me from um, worshiping God, and nothing should stop you from um, loving and worshiping God, no matter where you are. Uh, no matter what circumstance you are in. So that's my takeaway. Well, that's a good one. That's a good one. Claire, I'm glad we got to sit down. And uh, I hope for those who are listening that they will consider uh, coming on a trip to Kenya and upcoming trips. And hopefully we'll also sometime in the, the next year begin taking trips to other nations as well. Um, but that's all we have for today, so we'll see you next time. Thank you. When we will set aside a week for him. And so maybe that's something you need to start planning for and, and setting money aside for to, to start thinking about using your vacation time to be able to go on a mission trip. I want to encourage you in that. Again, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Taipei International Church Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can look at our website, www.taipeichurch.org. We're also on Facebook uh, as Taipei International Church, and we worship each Sunday. 
And so we'd love to have you join us if you're in Taipei or you will be traveling through Taipei. And we'll see you next time.